When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maiden names. Can we just get rid of that term? It's a crazy term. Don't you just what? imagine like that that like kind of pointy hat with the streamers yeah. that you draw, yes. you know when you're young? Yes. yes. Like um, who is a maiden? Who is I a maiden? <laughs> right. Who is a maiden? There's a dowry, right? If there's a maiden, there's a dowry. I bring my cow to the wedding. <laughs> right, right. Like you live in your father's castle and then you go to your husband's <laughs> village. Like who are we kidding? Hey y'all, and welcome to Unladylike, where we find out what happens when women and maidens break the rules. I'm Caroline. I'm Kristen. And if you couldn't tell from that clip you just heard, it blows my mind that quote-unquote maiden names still exist. Yeah, it's very like, I am woman, hear me curtsy. Exactly. I mean, it's even baked into our digital landscape, Caroline. You know, like the security question, what is your mother's maiden name? Answer, none of your business, Wells Fargo. (laughs) Well, Caroline, I also think that it's like really easy to assume that the whole to change or not to change your married last name should be a simple binary choice. But it's sneaky. I mean, like speaking for myself, when I got married a few years ago, there was no name changing involved, didn't think twice about it. However, did I lie to an in-law when she asked me about whether I was going to change my name? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Why? I was scared that if I said I was keeping my name, that that she would maybe think that I, I wasn't as committed as I could be to my future husband. Damn, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, like, self-inflicted, but sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is there really a way to win, though? Because it seems like the conversation around maiden names falls into that choice feminism trap of, like, judging married women by their last name or just proclaiming any last name choice feminist just because you chose it. Yeah. And for me, at least, like, I don't consider my last name more feminist as is than if I'd taken my husband's last name. Because the truth of the matter is, my maiden name is simply my dad's last name, a.k.a. a patronym. And my husband's last name is his family's patronym. So, like, which is the more empowered patronym? I do not know, Caroline. Yeah, and I think feminists especially can get really caught up debating that right choice. You know, that we sort of end up dismissing all the totally valid feelings attached to the last name that we do choose. Of course, we had to ask Unladylike listeners for their thoughts on maiden names. And Caroline, I was really blown away by all of the nuances that came up. Like, for instance, with our first guest, Esther. What are my feelings about my name? Why do I feel this way? Like, where do these feelings come from in my history, in my family? Um, All those sorts of questions. Like, I was forced to really answer them. We heard from listeners who are grappling with all this in real time, too. 
Like one listener, Holly, who was surprised to learn that her fiancé fully expects her to take his name. Awkward. Or listener Mallory, who wondered, we could all hyphenate our last names, but then what do I expect my children to do when they potentially get married? Have four last names? Where does it stop? (laughs) Well, with help from Esther and three other guests today, we're exploring what it's really like to choose your maiden name choice and how family, race, and sexual orientation factor in. Plus, is it any easier to decide when you're a woman marrying another woman? All to find out, how do we solve a patriarchal problem like maiden names? So, my name is Esther Werdiger, that's it. And Esther Werdiger, I think of as like my street name because (laughs) I use it for, you know, social media. Everyone, that's just how I introduce myself. That's what I use at... As my byline, if I write something, that's my name at work. Um, Legally, my name is Esther Silverman. So if, you know, that's my credit card, that's my taxes, that's, (laughs) you know, my hospital bills, whatever it is. Like, it's the bank. It's just, like, legal purposes. This is writer and artist maiden name Esther Werdiger. She's an art director at Tablet Magazine and, like, 70% of American women married to men, she took her husband's last name, Silverman. I feel like... Esther Silverman is an alias. Like, it's a name that I don't connect to at all. But it's so funny to think of this person as, like, sort of for legal purposes. Like, she's the one who pays taxes. She's the one who (laughs) pays bills. (laughs) Esther Silverman is so responsible. (laughs) (laughs) But so boring, you know. (laughs) So... How did you and your husband first broach the name change conversation? So we didn't, is the truth. And then when we were filling out paperwork online before our civil wedding, and so I was at my desk at work and he was at his and we were G-chatting about it. As And I think he was filling it in and he was like getting information from me as needed. Um, and then he was like, oh, this is where you say if you're going to change your name. Are you going to change your name? (laughs) And I was like, what? Like, I just, it totally caught me off guard. And I was just like, sort of frozen. I was just like, um, uh." I felt so ambivalent. And I mean, I've had my whole life to think about what I would do. But I still never had really thought about it. Why not? I just think I was like avoiding it, maybe. Or waiting for this moment in which I just assumed I would have an idea or, you know, I would have like, I would know what I wanted to do. But when it came down to it, I didn't. Yeah. Statistically speaking, women who marry men are likelier to take their husband's last names if they are younger, more religious, less educated and or less career advanced. They also tend to cite factors like spousal devotion and family unity as their reasons for making that switch. But for Esther, going from Werdiger to Silverman just felt like the most practical choice at the time. And they give you all these options. Like, this is how your name can be. You can hyphenate. You can just have the two names together. You can have your name first and then his name or other way around. Like, they gave you all these options. And I remember thinking that if I was to keep both names, it would just be like Esther Werdiger Silverman sounded like so much. So I was like, let's just go with Silverman. That's his last name. And that was that. And right away, I, you know, this is after City Hall, right away needed to change my passport. I got all that stuff rolling ASAP. But as I was going through with all those subsequent changes, then it was just like, why did I do that? Like, 
I gave myself all this extra work. I don't like any of this. You know, it was like immediate. But I had all this stuff that I needed to then do, you know. Okay, so Esther's from Australia and her now husband is American. So on top of all the usual name considerations, they had a green card to think about. They both hoped that Esther taking his last name would help grease the wheels for her to become a permanent U.S. resident. Now, we should note that Esther's fiancé was not pushing her to change her name. Like, he was totally fine with whatever she wanted to do, but he wasn't interested in changing his name either. Yeah, in fact, y'all, just 3% of men who marry women take their spouses' last names. It just felt, like, unfair. It's not something that men are ever asked to even consider. It almost makes no sense that, you know, and how old was I at the time? I guess I was like 30, that like a person in the world with a job established in whatever way then is expected to change their name, like to trade in their name. Like it just felt irrelevant and almost offensive and so uh, archaic. Caroline, that archaic tradition also results in a lot of frankly archaic paperwork. Because, yes, you can legally change your name on your marriage certificate, but since there's no, like, central repository for legal names in the United States, that marriage certificate doesn't change anything on driver's licenses, vehicle titles, voter registrations, passports, bank records, credit cards, medical records, insurance forms, wills, contracts, social security, and IRS docs. Jesus. (laughs) You can purchase name change kits to help expedite the process, but based on what we heard from a lot of y'all, sometimes it's still a major time suck. One unladylike listener named Coco told us she had to use two vacation days to go back and forth to the Social Security Administration office to officially change her last name. Two vacation days. Mm, No, uh, no, thank you. Another listener told us she now has three different versions of her legal married name because every time she went to update her IDs, they kept having to shorten her new name to fit it on the forms. (laughs) But even after Esther crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's to legally become Mrs. Esther Silverman, she still found herself thinking a lot about Esther Werdiger. I came from a really big family with a lot of really interesting personalities and stories. And I had really kind of become attached to my name and the identity that I saw as having come along with it. Um, I felt, like, proud to be kind of connected to other people in my family. I have six siblings. Three of my grandparents were all refugees in different ways. I have a grandfather who's a Holocaust survivor, he's the grandfather that I have the name from. And so mm. much of his family was killed during the Holocaust. And I really saw him as an amazing, I mean, literally as a survivor. And I felt like I wanted, I cherished that connection. What role did feminism play in your last name decision making and just feelings around that? Um, I think a big role. I think I felt like what what felt like a really classic like feminist rage (laughs) where it was like for generations. And I remember even like just thinking in the shower, like how for every generation, women are just erased from these stories and how like literally the names are erased from family histories. Like I know my mother's maiden name. I know my grandmother's maiden names. I don't know any of them before then. And that suddenly felt, like, so fucking sad to me. 
And I think of just like the role of women in history and how just unpaid labor and how they toil at home and during wartime, how they had just like all these crazy, crazy stories and how we don't even know their names. Mm. And again, ag- imagining again and again if men were faced with that scenario and how like absurd and laughable that was, that only made me angrier. And I went through, <laughs> I mean, I had similar things also around having a baby and all that stuff where it was like, oh my God, like the stuff that women do, the stuff that's expected of them, you know, every woman you see walking in the street, like these things that they're faced with. And it's just like, no one knows or no one talks about it or it's invisible. You know, it felt like kind of one of those things too, this idea that like your identity, it's so easily dismissed, you know, it's Mm -hmm. subservient. It can be swallowed by whatever is the more, the larger presence in the room, you know, it felt like chronic. Yes, Esther was pissed off at patriarchy, but she was also frustrated with herself for not anticipating those feelings before checking the box to change her last name. Right. I was really angry about it. But I feel like through that, you know, I learned something about myself, which was like, I need to be better at making decisions. (laughs) I need to know what I think about something Um, I can't just be kind of ambivalent because I realized I acted in a very ambivalent way, but my convictions like inside were much stronger than that, you know? What Esther does know right now, she's not interested in going through another round of paperwork to change her legal name back to Werdiger. So for now, she's keeping it Esther Werdiger in the streets and Esther Silverman on the sheets of legal documents. (laughs) And Kristen, we should quickly mention, though, that maiden name erasure is super common, but it's not a universal standard. Yeah, uh, we heard from one Unladylike listener from Iceland who shared that over there, in recent years, a lot of people have been changing their last names to include both maternal and paternal sides. And another listener from Portugal wrote us that she didn't swap out her maiden name because you have to pay extra there for the name change. When we come back, we find out how maiden names became a thing and when brides first started giving them the middle finger. We're back. And we did hear from unladylike listeners who happily changed their last names when they got married for a variety of reasons. Yeah, one listener, Jessica, wrote, My maiden name is also a man's first name. And I knew that if when I ever got my PhD, everyone would assume Dr. Peter is a dude, even more than I already had gotten misgendered previously. And another listener named Katie wrote that her maiden name was constantly misspelled and mispronounced. So when she got engaged, she says she happily decided to take her husband's last name, which is Parker. Nice and simple. We also heard from listeners who took their spouse's last names because of their own complicated family histories. For instance, Maddie wrote, I'm not in contact with my dad or his side of the family, so I didn't feel a strong connection to my maiden name. Meanwhile, about 20% of American women who've married men in recent years have kept their own last names. That includes you, Conger. (laughs) So why'd you decide to keep it? I feel like I should say for feminist reasons, but honestly, it's really aesthetics and professional reasons. Like, I have always loved my initials, CKC. It is symmetrical, Caroline. Um, Also, my middle namesake is the one known feminist in my family tree, so I couldn't leave her behind. No, keep that name going. (laughs) Plus, like, by the time I got married, I'd made a professional name for myself, so... 
I guess what I'm trying to say, Caroline, is that changing my last name just would have ruined my Google results <laughs> and my monogram. <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> but what about you, Caroline? Like, what what is your maiden name POV? Yeah, as an unmarried woman. Yes. So I truly just grew up taking it for granted that I would eventually change my name whenever I got married. Like, I would imagine my monogram, Kristen, how that would look once I married this one particular boy that I was in love with. And it wasn't until way later, I'm talking like post-college, that it even dawned on me at all. Like, wait a second. I don't... (laughs) I don't even want to change my name. Like, I want to keep my name. So what I'm interested in, Kristen, is how this whole maiden name business even got started in the first place. Well, I'll tell you how. With a whole lot of claptrap, that's how. (laughs) Unpack the Claptrap is the part of the show where we rifle through patriarchy's paperwork to find out why things are the way they are. Okay, Caroline. Thanks to an academic paper titled In the Name of the Mother, Feminist Opposition to the Patronym, Mm. I learned that women in Western European cultures have rarely exercised, like, any autonomy over our last names. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Right? And I say rarely because in medieval times, class decided who took whomever's last name more so than gender. So historian Stephanie Kuntz notes that men would take women's last names if those women came from wealthier or higher class families. But by the time the term maiden name gets coined around 1680... Nobility had taken a nosedive, and coverture laws basically said a husband and wife were one person. Him. The wife ceased to exist as her own legal entity. And taking the husband's last name reflected the fact that she was essentially his property. But in the 19th century, some first-wave feminists started calling bullshit on maiden name-changing and only passing along patronyms to children. In France, for instance, utopian socialist feminists called for the adoption of matronyms to recognize the, quote, primacy of the maternal. Hell yeah! In 1855, American feminist and abolitionist Lucy Stone really shook things up when she became the first American woman to legally keep her maiden name. Yes, Lucy, yes. And Kristen, she inspired an entire league. A league of her own? Yes. (laughs) The Lucy Stone League was founded in 1921 to fight for women to be allowed to keep their last names, and supporters became known as Lucy Stoners. But Stoners were few and far between and stayed that way for the next 50 years. In the early 1970s, less than 5% of married, college-educated women kept their last names. And part of the reason was because it was legally unclear whether married women even had the right to choose their own last name and use it for official purposes, like banking or on government documents. Yeah. Then, in 1975, Kristen, the Supreme Court struck down a Tennessee law requiring married women to register to vote with their husbands' surnames. That paved the legal way for women to start making up their own minds about what they wanted to be called after marriage. Culturally, though, maintaining your middle name was a radical notion. Case in point, Hillary Rodham. In 1975, the same year as that SCOTUS decision, Hillary Rodham married Bill Clinton and did not change her name. She figured she was building her own legal career independent of her husband, so it made sense to stick with Rodham. But the stakes changed dramatically three years later when Hillary became the First Lady of Arkansas. In her memoir, Living History, Hillary wrote, I learned the hard way that some voters in Arkansas were seriously offended by the fact I kept my maiden name. 
you're less than 40, you don't have any children, you don't use your husband's name, you practice law, does it concern you that maybe other people feel that you don't fit the image that we have created for the governor's wife in Arkansas? No, because each person should be uh, assessed and judged on uh, you know, that person's own merits. But ultimately, the maiden name Side-Eye Rodham attracted did concern Hillary enough that by the time Bill ran for re-election in 1982, the once and future first lady had started going by Hillary Rodham Clinton. Popular opinion about maiden names today remains kind of suspect. Get this, y'all. A 2017 study found that more than 70% of American adults think women should change their names after they get married. And the main reason cited? It's this belief that women should be prioritizing their marriage and their families ahead of themselves. Well, that sounds, how do I put this, um, old school? Mm, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, also, old school is just how difficult it can be to reclaim your maiden name after you get married or divorced. Like, besides all of the paperwork, some courts require spousal consent to make that switch. Oof. All right, Kristen, let's turn now to our next guest, Christina Ewan, spelled Y-U-A-N. She's an unladylike listener from Toronto. Growing up, Christina couldn't wait to get married to somebody with what she calls a regular name. I sort of latched onto this idea like, wait a minute, you can change your name when you get married? Whoa! <laughs> like, for me, that was basically like the ultimate sign of assimilation. But fate had different plans for Christina. Here she is reading from the email she sent us. Fast forward 20 years and I met and married a wonderful man and his name is Pasta. Now, picture, if you will, what Christina Pasta looks like and I assure you, it's not me. First off, what a twist, mm. a rigatoni twist, if you will. <laughs> and this letter really stuck with us, like not just because of the pasta of it all, which we'll get into later, but also because so often in the discussion about maiden names, racism and the anglicizing of a racially different name is left out of the conversation. Exactly. And Christina has thought about this a lot. Back in 1971, her parents had immigrated to Canada from China via Taiwan, and she grew up in a predominantly white suburb outside Toronto. We were sort of one of the few Chinese people in this, or people of color, in this very white society. And it was, we were like definitely a curiosity, you know what I mean? <laughs> Christina's last name in particular felt like a constant reminder of that. It was just such a marker of standing out. You know, like being an other when at the period in your life when you just really don't want to be someone else, you know, you want to be part of the pack. As a girl, though, Christina noticed someone on TV who got her thinking that maybe there was a way around all that racism and that someone was a CBC broadcaster named Adrian Clarkson. She was like a Chinese lady with a white name and... Then she became the governor general of Canada. And to me, it was like, like, even as a little kid, when I saw her, I was like, wait a minute, that lady has a white name, but she is 100% Chinese. Like, I was like, you're not fooling me, Adrian Clarkson. <laughs> and like, it's like having a white person stamp like an approved stamp on you. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe, like, a little bit of white privilege can, like, even wash over you with that 
name change. And it was just this idea that of like acceptance. And I remember like, I worked with a a man who was South African and he was talking about like some of the terrible things about living in South Africa and the racism. And like, and I remember he told me like, he's like, yeah, they even had this term of honorary whites. Like, isn't that disgusting? And I was like, yeah, that's disgusting. But also like, wow, (laughs) you can be an honorary white. That sounds better than what I am now. Um, Which is terrible. Like not a good joke, but um, <laughs> but like feeling that this could be my way out. Um, I that's I know that's like totally irrational now, <laughs> but definitely something I thought about a lot. So growing up, what kind of last name were you hoping your future husband would have? Um, I'll take something you can pronounce and like, or just spell easily. And bonus if it's like culturally ambiguous you know what I mean <laughs> like so mm. if it's something that like people aren't gonna know right away uh what I am or what I look like um then that would be super and and I sort of operated with that idea for like an embarrassing long, t- long time <laughs> probably into my university years but um and it's so funny like it's so funny that I'm talking to you guys about this because it's it's honestly it's not something I've ever said out loud. Like I've never ever in my life admitted out loud that the big reason why I wanted to change my name was because I didn't want to be Chinese. Um, it's and you know it's not that I don't want to be Chinese now. It's just that you know those teenage feelings are pretty strong. <laughs> How does it feel saying it out loud for the first time? Uh, really weird. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, it's, I think now I'm removed enough, like, that it, it, I don't have a problem with it. But I really, like, it, for me, like, that whole, it, it's so much more complicated because, like, the idea of changing your name from, like, Jones to Smith is not as the same as changing your name from, like, Chang to Smith. So it is weird to, like, say it out loud because I I honestly have never ever spoken about this my husband doesn't know about this Uh, I told him I told him that I I wrote a letter to you guys and he was like really now speaking of Christina's husband we have to talk about his last name Caroline like of all the chill forgettable bland last names out there Christina goes and falls in love with Mr. Pasta my husband has a pretty boss name but it was like it had too much heat for me. I couldn't. I couldn't take it. When your name is Pasta, the first question you get is, "Is that your real name?" Okay. <laughs> the second question is, "Are you Italian?" And the third question is, "Do you like pasta?" Oh God! And so I. <laughs> it's funny because so when I was deciding if I was going to change my name, I was like, "How am I going to answer those questions?" You know, it's like, is that my real name? Well, like, dude, I don't know. Like, is it? <laughs> What's a name? Who am I? And then the second one is like, are you Italian? It was like, wow. I don't like, <laughs> like that is like, that just <laughs> extends the where are you really from conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. It's just like, just like, I don't have time for this conversation, <laughs> you know? And then um, do you like pasta? Like, of course. 
I love pasta. Everybody <laughs> loves pasta. Even people who say they don't, they just haven't had the right one or they're lying. Um, it always invites comments, right? So it really made me think about what I was, like, if I did that, what would be happening to me? Like, I started realizing that, like, all of this, you know, stuff uh, about being Chinese is a huge part of who I am. And, like, that, I would say, is maybe more of the reason. Like, I certainly believe in all of the feminist reasons. But I think, like, I just felt like I would be misrepresenting myself, like showing up as Christina Pasta and then being a Chinese lady. Um, not th- and, and I know that that's weird because it's not true, but it just didn't feel like something that I wanted to do. And so, like, I, I guess after that, I was just like, I guess I'm Christina Ewan forever. Like, I guess this is it. <laughs> Christina Ewan Forever is a rom-com I would like to see, Kristen. Same. And after the break, what happens to last names when there is no gendered custom to follow? We find out from a queer couple who decided to play the maiden name game their own way. Stay with us. We're back, and so far, Kristen, we've been exploring how women grapple with identity and maiden name traditions when they're marrying men. But enough of this heteronormativity. Yes. According to a 2017 Gallup poll, just over 10% of LGBT adults in the U.S. are married to same-sex partners. So for this episode, we also wanted to find out how the so-called maiden name stakes change when there isn't a patriarchal tradition to fall back on. So how does it all shake out? Well, research on their married last name patterns is still emerging, but existing studies suggest that women who marry women are likelier to keep their so-called maiden names and hyphenate for the kids. And when it comes to choosing that last name choice, some queer couples are rewriting the rules entirely. Like the the idea game for the name just popped into my head. Um, it rhymed. It sounded really good. And I think I don't want to take credit for something that I didn't do, but I came up with the idea, well, let's play a soccer game and have the winner of the game be able to decide what our family's last name is going to be. This is Tanya. She and her now wife, Martha, used to play soccer professionally. They met in an amateur soccer league in Brooklyn. Martha says eight years ago. Tanya says 10. And they eventually started dating. When they got engaged, suddenly Martha and Tanya faced the same barrage of questions that women in opposite gender couples get about who was going to change their name. And note, their pre-wedding names were Martha West and Tanya Kalivas. Here's Martha now. I feel like maybe I didn't realize how attached to my name I was until this subject came up, until we, you know, I think once we got engaged you know, people would broach the topic with us. I don't know. Did you feel the same way? You weren't. Well, the the first thing that I did was just play around with the name Tanya West and that it just doesn't really roll off the tongue very well. Like I, I Googled it. I saw like what Tanya Wests were out there in the world and I just couldn't, it just didn't feel right. I mean, for me, my, my family, neither of my parents were born in the United States. My mom's Serbian. My dad is Greek. The last name West, while I think it's a great last name, it didn't, for me, it felt very 
not quite align with how my what my identity was at that point. Martha and Tanya were already planning a pre-wedding soccer match for their friends and family, so they decided to turn it into the game for the name. And the winner of the match would determine the couple's last name. No big deal. <laughs> to be honest, this sounds like my personal nightmare, Caroline. Like, my family cannot even get through a game of Monopoly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and from what it sounds like, the game for the name, which took place the day before their wedding, was incredibly competitive. There was a woman who had won four national championships with the UNC. There was a Mexican national team player. Um, there were, like, really, really intense experienced players on the field and then there were some more recreational friends who were also part of it and it was this like very very intense battle i think friends on both sides we, we had t-shirts made up obviously on my side it, it was a very easy team chant west is best you know we had uniforms basically that fr friends helped us make and design um and it really it, it almost took on a life of its own there was just a really like oh, right, This is these are really high stakes. Like, you could lose your name. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm part of this. Like, I have to really do well, and I have to, like, perform. And there was, like, this seriousness to it, but yet everyone was, you know, not in shape anymore or at their athletic peak. And so there was a, like, disorder to it as well, of, like, people trying really hard but, like, banging heads and being carried off the field injured. It was, like, that intense. <laughs> The game for the name was not fucking around, y'all. <laughs> All right, so picture it. The second half had just started. Team West was up one to nothing. It seemed like they had it in the bag. And then a foul. The Kalivas team got a penalty kick. The fate of the game for the name rested on Tanya's boot. I scored the penalty kick to tie it 1-1 on Martha's father, who had played a heroic game in goal the entire time. The game for the name was tied. People did not want to quit. We didn't want to quit. I, you know, I, honestly, things were heated. And then? Our wedding planner person at that point sort of shuffled on the field and pulled us away. She, she was like, you guys have to get your hair done now. <laughs> and for two people who like really are, were pretty, are pretty tomboyish and like, the idea that we were going to be stopping a competitive soccer game to get our hair done was sort of laughable. Listen, I'm just glad they stopped before either one of them got hurt, right? So the next morning, the day of the wedding, Martha and Tanya woke up and were like, oh, yeah, the game for the name tied. We're like, oh, right. Like, what, what does this mean? Like, what do we say to people about this? And what are we going to do? Um, that, and that's just kind of how, and then the wedding happened. It was sort of like we launched into this whole other thing. And so I think in, in our mind, it was, what are we, who's going to like officially legally change their name through the state of New York. <laughs> and that was something that we felt like could be kicked down the line. So the ball has now been kicked down the line, Kristen. They've been married for five years now. So we had to know who ultimately won the game for the name. So we are Martha West and Tanya Kalivas. Neither of us have changed our last names. However, we do have a son uh, who I gave birth to in 2017. And his name is Simon West. So read into that what you may, but <laughs> he is a West officially. I like to I like to say that there was a suspect call at the end of the game. 
And still my team, the West won, and Simon is proof of that. But we that's another debate <laughs> that we'll probably – will continue on. And I think <laughs> I think like to think we all won because we have Simon. <laughs> okay, y'all. So tell us your maiden name thoughts. Would you or have you changed your last name? Or have you come up with some patriarchy smashing way to settle the maiden name score? Let us know. You can email us at hello at unladylike.co, hit us up on social at unladylike media, or find the thread for this episode in our private Facebook group. And since the weather is getting colder, it's time to bundle up with a new unladylike tie-dye sweatshirt. Woo-hoo. It will not only keep you cozy, it will also brighten up your daylight savings time blues. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we're definitely biased, but head over to unladylike.co slash shop and treat yourself. And while you're over there at unladylike.co, sign up for our newsletter to get actually good news about women in the world delivered to your inbox every Wednesday. Unladylike is produced by Nora Ritchie and Sam Lee. Abigail Keel is our senior producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Shruti Morate transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing, sound design, and additional music is by Casey Holford. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Daisy Rosario. Special thanks to Andy Kristen's daughter, Jared O'Connell, Tracy Samuelson, and Bill Walker at MCS Recording in Toronto. And we're your hosts, Kristen Conger and Caroline Irvin. Next week... I still feel a lot of pressure of, like, don't wear something more than once. Like, mm-hmm. OOTD. Mm-hmm. Like, you still have to keep up with what's trendy. And right now, that is, like, X, Y, and Z. And then in six months, it could be something totally different. But yeah. you still have to keep up. Like, I almost feel like the pressure is to pretend it's not a problem. <laughs> and think <laughs> yeah. about, like, how you stay current and, and ignore that it's, like, just building up in a, in a landfill somewhere. We're talking fast fashion because fashion is not frivolous, y'all. In fact, our fashion choices might even save the planet. Make sure you're subscribed to Unladylike so you don't miss this episode. Find us in Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, got a problem? Get Unladylike. All to find out, how do you solve a patriarchal (laughs) problem like maiden names? (laughs) (laughs) Stitcher. <laughs>